0: Greetings and welcome to this session from Grace Point Church. This is Gary Nock, teaching elder here at Grace Point Church. And uh, we are meeting together today through the technology of an audio recording. Uh, we're going to do some audio recordings of messages through the month of June. Uh, the video production is quite uh, labor intensive, and we're going to take a little break from that as we regroup. And so I trust today that you have your copy of God's Word with you. Before we begin, I want to thank Paul Mayhew, our missionary to China, uh, who filled in the last two sessions and did a great job out of Hebrews chapter 10. And I appreciate Paul for his friendship and his partnership in ministry and value him greatly. And also I value my church family and we are glad you're here with us today. Also, we want to welcome any guests who may have found us today and are listening in. And today we are going to return to the letter to the Colossians. But before we return to that passage... I was thinking about uh, our national events of this past week and uh, the uh, murder of uh, the man in Minneapolis uh, by the police, a rave uh, policeman, and uh, recognize that we as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, we can contribute positively to a national conversation, and we have that choice, and we are called to be peacemakers. And so we do not want to become divisive in our comments or divisive in our social media posts, uh, but we want to be a blessing and represent the Lord Jesus Christ because we belong to him. Uh, Today we are going to return to the letter of Colossians and uh, the Apostle Paul, if you recall, it's been a few weeks since we've been here, but he's writing to defend the preeminence or the supremacy of the lord jesus christ in the face of false teaching the apostle paul is also writing to give uh, believers in the lord jesus christ great hope in the midst of their circumstances and paul is writing to believers in chapter 1 verse 1 he or verse 2 he tells us that this is written to the saints and faithful brethren in christ and he wishes us grace and peace in that introductory statement So if you have your copy of God's Word, turn to uh, the little letter of Colossians in the New Testament and I'll do some review and we will see how far we get. Uh, The last time we met, we were up through chapter 1, verse 23, and I'll do quite a bit of review this morning uh, to reset the context for us as we review. One of the values of an audio recording of a message is as you have your Bible in front of you, whether it's a leather bound or in book form, or whether it's on a digital device, is that it will help you just listening to concentrate on the Word of God, because any outline that is given to us is given to us through the Word. The Bible is speaking to us. Uh, We don't determine the meaning from outside of the Bible, but the Bible declares its meaning to us through the power of the Holy Spirit and God himself. So we are... Glad you're here with us today. Let me open in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for this day of life. Thank you for blessing us with one another. And even though, Lord, we are separated from one another physically, we are still one in Christ. And we are the body of Christ, part of the body of Christ, that began on the day of Pentecost and is ongoing until you bring us to consummation. And Lord, I thank you for your word and pray that we would have understanding that your Holy Spirit would lead us and guide us and teach us this day. And Lord, I pray for our nation, pray for our president, others in leadership and in places of influence, uh, Lord, that they would seek your will. And Lord, it looks very grim out there from our perspective, and and yet, Lord, we know that uh, you are sovereign, you are bringing all things uh, to the point of glorifying you and for the good of your people. And even though we don't see that, may we be a people who contribute positively to a national conversation, that we'd be peacemakers in all of our actions and all of our words. And we thank you that you energize us through the power of your spirit, through the instruction of your word for days like this. We thank you that you're with us, that you love us. Pray for each one in Grace Point family, as well as our guests, as we maybe are feeling uh, emotionally drained and fatigued from uh, the coronavirus pandemic, as well as just the national news, Lord, to just uplift us, encourage us this day, and uh, influence us for the cause of Christ, for your greatness, for your glory, for it's in Lord Jesus Christ's name I pray, amen and amen. Uh, If you have been with us and if you've been reading uh, the letter to the Colossian believers, you recognize that the Apostle Paul, as he begins this chapter, chapter 1, he's giving thanks, he gives a prayer of thanksgiving, He encourages uh, the believers he's writing to at uh, Colossae. And uh, Lord, he's also, or excuse me, he is also praying a prayer of intercession or supplication beginning in verse 9. Let me read verses 9 through 12. That'll remind us and set the context for what follows. In verse 9 of chapter 1 of Colossians, Paul writes, For this reason also, since the day we heard of it, we have not ceased to pray for you, and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so that, there is the purpose, verse 10, "...so that you will walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, to please him in all respects, bearing fruit in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, for the attaining of all steadfastness and patience." joyously then verse 12 giving thanks to the father why should we give thanks to the father he goes on to tell us why who has qualified us to share the inheritance of the saints in light verse 13 he rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son. So if you are a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ today, you have assurance of eternal life because the Father is the one who has qualified us. It's not because of anything we've done or because of our goodness or because of our works, but it's because of what the Father has done through the Son in qualifying us and he shared with us the inheritance that is ours as adopted children. In verse 13, he rescued us from the domain of darkness, whether you were saved when you were five years old or 35 years old, you were in the domain of darkness because of original sin, and he transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son. So we have been transferred not by our our own efforts or our own will, but by what God the Father has done. And what has he done? What is Jesus, his beloved son? In verse 14 it tells us that we have redemption and the forgiveness of sins. Now, who can do that? Who can redeem us and forgive our sins in an eternal way or eternal situation? In verses 13, excuse me, 13 through 20, we have seven, we have seven unique characteristics of Christ. The apostle Paul is emphasizing these characteristics to combat the false teachers who maybe not are denying Christ, but they are certainly dethroning him. And they are presenting a false gospel, a false way of salvation. And uh, we're going to get into that later about what is called the Colossian heresy, but it's a heretical teaching that was beginning of uh, like a virus to penetrate the church at the city of Colossians. Remember the Apostle Paul is writing from Rome some 1,000 miles uh, west of Colossae. Colossae is in Asia Minor, present-day Turkey. The Apostle Paul also is in prison. He is in prison, and he's been visited by Epaphras, the man that was probably used by God to plant the church at Colossae. Epaphras was probably from Colossae. And so the Apostle Paul and his team with Timothy and with Epaphras, and he probably sent this letter back with Epaphras to Colossae, which was then read to the churches in that valley the Lycus River valley and so these seven unique characteristics in these verses in verses 15 through 27 of them amazing declaration as one writer has <clears throat> said there's no compatible uh, comparable excuse me no comparable listing of so many characteristics of Christ and his deity are found in any other scripture passage Christ is the supreme sovereign of the universe and first of all let's look at them you can look around you you can pick him out out of your copy of God's word verse 15 he is the image of the invisible God he is the image the word for image uh, used in Paul's time in that uh, society in in the roman empire and in greek times uh, the image that was used is a likeness that was placed on coins or portraits or statues it carries the idea of a correspondence to the original it is the nearest equivalent in ancient greek to our modern for- photograph and jesus is the perfect representation of god uh, this verse and many others, John 118, for instance, 1 Timothy 117, tell us that God is invisible, that we can't see Him. J. B. Phillips translation translates this verse, verse 15 this way. He said, Christ is the visible expression of the invisible God. Hebrews 1 3 tells us that the Son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of His being. So Jesus is the image of God. The second one is he is the firstborn over all creation. Jesus is the firstborn over all creation. Now there's some confusion about this, and cults and heretical viewpoints of this have started because of it. Firstborn here, don't misunderstand that as a point in time. It is a term of rank. It is not a point in time or a word of time. When you think about in Old Testament times, as well as in New Testament times, the firstborn in the family had the right of privilege and priority. It was an honored position. Uh, In the case of the Bible patriarchs, we know that the honored position didn't always go to the firstborn son. But here, Jesus is of the highest rank in all of creation. And so he is the firstborn over creation why does he have that? Because he is the creator of all things. That's the third thing. He is the creator of all things. There is nothing in the created order that Jesus did not create. Uh, you can also see John chapter 1, verse 3 in that. He is the creator, and therefore the creator has absolute supremacy over his creation, including any spirit beings or anything that other people worship uh, as heretics, only God, the son can be the cre- only God can be the creator. That means that Jesus, the perfect image of God is more than just an image. He is divine. He is God. That's the declaration here. The apostle Paul is making uh, about that. The fourth thing is he is sovereign over the church. Look at the fourth thing that we look at here in verse 18. He is the head of the body of the church. He is the head of the church. So this fourth thing, he is sovereign. In other words, he has complete rule over all the church. He is the head. And uh, Jesus' relationship to the church, he has not only origin, but he is the authority over the church. He began the church. We are called the body of Christ, and we have allegiance to Jesus Christ. The fifth term we find, (coughs) excuse me, Uh, is the firstborn from the dead. Firstborn from the dead. And again, firstborn has nothing to do with time because others preceded Jesus in rising from the dead. Think of Lazarus as one example out of John chapter 11. Jesus is first in rank. When you think of Lazarus, he was raised only to die physically again. But Jesus was the first to rise, never to die again. He is the first person to conquer death and all other resurrections are based on His. And that's a glorious truth really for believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. And as we look to the future and look to the fact that our days are numbered by God, that Jesus is the resurrection and the life. And we can be assured of our own resurrection, 1 Corinthians 15, because of what Jesus has done. The sixth element that Paul describes here, it says in verse 19, it was the pleasure, good pleasure of the Father that all fullness to dwell in him. All of fullness resides in Jesus Christ and the full embodiment of God's attributes and his saving grace in that, in in that verse. And in verse 20, it says, he reconciles all things to himself. And this is a key term that Jesus Christ is reconciling all things unto himself. Reconciliation is a removal of hostility and the restoring of friendly relationships to parties who have been at war. Paul Paul also calls reconciliation making peace through his blood shed on the cross what what God has done in this is to move us to a place of restored harmony we have come to a place where we cease being hostile to God and uh, it, he he has healed the breach. It's not because of something we've done. This is not a two-way street, but as God has reached down and reconciled us. And this reconciliation, this word reconciliation, controls what is upcoming in verses 21 and following. Uh, verse 21 and, uh, through 23, and I might add that uh, we are connected to Christ in these verses. Connected to Christ in verses 21 through 23, compelled by Christ in verses 24 through 27, and completed in Christ in verses 28 through 29. So I know this is a bit of review if you've been with us in Colossians, but I believe it's important that we review this, set the context again. We are connected to Christ. And you you know what? I've realized, I think I read a quote, where was it? I can't remember who said it, but uh, thinking about our current pandemic and the coronavirus, and they said that, we are not confined, or excuse me, let me begin again. We are confined by coronavirus, but we are not defined by coronavirus. Do you get that? We, are, we, are, well, we may be confined, but we are not defined. God's word defines us here, and he first gives us the bad news, basically. He gives us the bad news or uh, about our past condition, And no matter what your age is, no matter when you believed in Jesus for everlasting life, your past condition is described here. And we were enemies of God. It basically describes that we were enemies in God. And there's three descriptors here of of how we were enemies. Verse 21, it says, And although you were formerly alienated and hostile in mind, engaged in evil deeds. There's three things here. We were alienated or estranged from God. It means we were separated from him. We were estranged. We were an outsider. We were exiled. We were shut out, cut off, locked out. Uh, if you want to read more about this, read Ephesians chapter 2, 11 and 12. It's a sad perspective on our condition before we were reconciled, before Jesus Christ reached out to us. And then... Paul tells us we were God's enemies, once God's enemies, in two specific ways. First of all, we were enemies in our minds. Look at that. Formally alienated and hostile in mind. Hostile in mind. Our thoughts and our attitudes were hostile to God. And, you know, before I trusted in Christ, my entire way of thinking was contrary to God's will. And uh, the problem is simple, really. We refuse to accept God's evaluation of us as being sinners. We would not accept God's remedy for the situation, which is dependence upon Christ, belief in him for everlasting life. And perhaps someone listening here today is in that very situation where you're refusing to believe in Jesus for everlasting life. And yet John 3.16 3, 16 makes it very clear Uh, that if you believe in him, you will have everlasting life because that's what God has sent him to do. So we were estranged from God. We were enemies in our minds. Thirdly, we were enemies in our deeds, not only in our minds, but we were engaged in evil deeds. It tells us there and uh, our evil deeds were the result of evil thinking and being estranged from God. So our behavior was wrong. We acted wrong. Uh, he reconciled us, even though we were enemies of God, shaking our fist in God's face. He reconciled us through the death of Jesus Christ. You know what? I realized I was 28 when I believed in Jesus Christ for everlasting life. And before that, I was agnostic and atheistic. Many of you know my story. Uh, but it's interesting that Jesus Christ died for me, who was a rebel, to offer me a chance to become one of his allies, to become his adopted son. And I praise God for that. And if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you should too. In verse, excuse me, 22, this is our current position. This is our current position, a wonderful truth. Yet he has now reconciled you, there's that word again, in his fleshly body through death in order to present you before him holy and blameless and beyond reproach. Wow, that is a powerful, powerful statement. This reconciliation provides us with present peace and future presentation of ourselves before God. Uh, The slate of sin has been wiped clean. We look forward to the day that we'll stand before God at the beam of judgment seat in his sight, his holy sight, without blemish and free from accusation. Paul says elsewhere, Romans 8, 1, that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And if you have a struggle with guilt and all of that, uh, you need to review these verses and recognize that he's going to not only give us present peace, but future uh, blessing, and, uh, and we will be presented before him holy, blameless, and without reproach, no accusation. And verse 23 declares to us that we have the hope in the gospel. And it begins, if indeed you continue in the faith, and of course that has been a big stumbling block because that verse has been misinterpreted and misused from the time of Paul to the time of today. And many use it for the doctrine of preservation or perseverance. And that if uh, you don't keep doing good works and live for Jesus, you're not going to be saved or you weren't saved in the first place, depending upon your uh, theological system. But this verse is not saying what, that we uh, <clears throat> will be presented holy and blameless if, in a conditional sense, we remain faithful as if our eternal salvation depends on our performance. The Greek construction of the if is not an expression of doubt, but it is an expression of confidence and better translated sense. Since. Paul is not in doubt about whether the Colossians will remain faithful. See Colossians 2.5. He is confident that because they have understood what it means to be reconciled, they will remain faithful to the gospel that reconciled them. He writes this as an expression of confidence and a warning to avoid the religious fads and the false teaching that was coming in the Colossians. Look again at verse 23. Since indeed you continue in the faith, firmly established and steadfast, not moved away from the hope of the gospel that you have heard, which was proclaimed in all of creation under heaven, in which I, Paul, was made a minister. And so he is encouraging us and giving us the hope that we have. He's listed for us in all of these verses, you know, not only the seven uh, unique characteristics of Jesus Christ, but the great blessings and the position we have, even though we were enemies of God. In verses 24 through uh, 27, we are compelled by Christ. And the Apostle Paul, in these verses, the Apostle Paul is going back to his personal experience. He is going to convey to them where he's at and what is going on. And that ministry is really hard work. Ministry is hard work because he is attempting and he is working at, and God is using him to bring believers to maturity in Christ, emphasizing and reinforcing the idea of the supremacy of Christ, and that the Apostle Paul, though imprisoned, he is still being used by God, to, to, uh, to impact the believers, not only of his day, but right up until this day and age. We are impacted by that. Uh, in verses 24 uh, through 27, the Apostle Paul, in an effort to keep the believers from falling prey to the seductions of false teaching, uh, he tells them the truth about what authentic ministry really looks like. And I know that some of you will, this will be a shock to you, but authentic ministry involves suffering. It involves suffering because uh, working and with its aim to maturing in Christ, maturity is always hard work, not only in our own personal lives, but with those around us. I think of those of you who are still rearing children to maturity and you are sacrificing personally and maybe even suffering some, Uh, to help your young ones grow up to maturity. What a wonderful, blessed work it is, but it is not without suffering, is it? And so the Apostle Paul, it's a sense he's bringing up uh, the children of God, the children of the Lord Jesus Christ in Colossae, where he's addressing them. He wants them to grow up and to be mature in the Lord Jesus Christ. The Apostle Paul is talking about suffering for the sake of the gospel because he knew suffering uh, in his own life was up close and personal he was writing from prison and uh, you know he didn't just want to go there because it was a great pra- place to work or write nice and quiet he wasn't there because it was a pleasant place but paul had encountered suffering but yet he was rejoicing in what he suffered notice that in verse 24 i rejoice in my sufferings why for your sake Boy, talk about sacrifice. He was willing to suffer for the sake of others, for the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, Paul's attitude uh, is, is about others and about glorifying the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm going to stop there, and we'll pick this up, uh, up again in our next session. But I encourage you to, this week, read again through the book of Colossians. It's just a few pages. I think in my copy, it's about five, four and four and a half, five pages. And uh, very... Uh, short but yet very full letter it is amazing the more i read it the more i prepare these messages the more i'm impressed with how much is packed into these words no extraneous words are used in this letter or in any place in scripture actually and so the truth about the ministry the fact that we are compelled by christ that's why we uh, keep uh, just continuing on even in the midst of uh, adversity and difficulty in our nation, in our, perhaps in your personal life. If you're a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, know that you are not alone. The Lord Jesus Christ is with us. And so n- until next time, God bless you, God keep you, and may his peace reign in your life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen.